glad to be here with y'all for this joyous occasion with friends uh, for the baptisms that are going to happen and um, there was such a mighty service that we had in Sela, and um, I know that there's just going to be a continuation with the body here and the flow of the same spirit reaching to every single one of us here today and so I'm thankful to be here with y'all and God bless every single one of y'all amen Man, as, as Brother Zari was walking up here, I told him to preach it. <laughs> I was hoping he'd take a little longer than that. But that's all right. I, uh, thankful for what I feel here this morning, and I uh, believe the Lord is, is pleased, and I think he wants to do something. Here this morning, Amen. Just continuing uh, what's already been been started. Um, Brother Brother Troy, would you mind to grab that that podium over there for me, please? Thanks. I I've been thinking about the the Bible the last few days, and it's. You know whether you're a Christian or not, this this word, this book is is true. It's not just an opinion piece. Thank you so much. It's not just a book of suggestions or good ideas or old stories, fables, but it is a hundred percent true. And if if the world, not even just the world, but even if, if Christians lived everything in this book as if we believed it was 100% true, we would be so much better off. And there's just been a few scriptures over the last few days, few weeks maybe, that, that as I've been reading them, the Lord's kind of been challenging me with them and, and asking me, you know, what if you lived this scripture like you believed it was actually 100% completely true, what it says. Because it is. And, there's, and that, that applies for every single verse, every line upon line, every precept upon precept in this book. That God wants to fulfill and, and do in your life. I just... Uh, like I can't move on without reading this this verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. With all of that said, for those of you who maybe Brother Flower's word wasn't good enough, I'll give you some scripture to back up what he just shared with us about strongholds. Show you that it is 100% true. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. This is following the verse that says, We don't war against flesh and blood, or we don't war after the flesh. But verse 4 says that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. So if we're trying to, if we're trying to fight a battle in the carnal or in the natural, 
we're not fighting the right battle but but the the weapons of our warfare though they are mighty through God everybody say that with me through God our weapons are mighty through God and this is what they do they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and now he expounds on that a bit showing again as as elder flowers mentioned oftentimes those strongholds are in the mind verse 5 says and this is what those weapons of the Lord through the Lord help us to do to cast down imaginations of course that's not that's bad imaginations imaginations that aren't of God imagining that when you leave here today you're going to pull out and get in a car accident that's an imagination that's a thought that's an idea that's not of God that through the weapons of the God the mighty warfare he wants to help pull down and the things that are the high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of God want to be in obedience to God and I want my mind to be in obedience to him to this book to the scripture to be aligned with it there's there's been another verse on my mind it's in Isaiah I can't remember what chapter but it talks about the Lord keeping us in perfect peace but it says he does that for whose minds are stayed on him our minds, if our minds are stayed on Him, our lives will be kept in perfect peace. Doesn't mean all the circumstances are going to change. Doesn't mean we're not still going to sometimes be in the middle of a storm. But it means regardless of the storm, we can be in perfect peace. And it goes on to say, for those, and I'm kind of paraphrasing, it's because they trust in thee. They trust in him. We keep our mind stayed on him and we trust in him. Amen. Because he is my everything. He is my all. He cares about me more than I care about anything in this life. And we, we care about some things pretty dearly. Some of us probably care about the, the Seahawks, <laughs> maybe a little more than we should. <laughs> Hopefully, we, we all, if we have kids, we care about our kids, things that we should care about, care about our spouse, care about the church body. But of all the things that we care about, He cares about us even more he loves us even more I, I, I have a bunch of scriptures but I really I feel to just, just share I, I woke up and this doesn't happen a ton to me I, I remember growing up and even still hear, my dad hearing him uh, in services oftentimes just saying or he'll be speaking and then saying a song that comes to mind often an oldie 
that he heard in his house growing up with his mom playing music or his aunts and uncles and a lot of times it would be songs also from from that old songbook you know the songbook the color of these chairs <laughs> says i think singing to the lord on the front or something like that and you know the page a lot of people who know the page numbers of specific songs in in that book and my dad he's he's kind of one of those people <laughs> knows some of those songs and so there's something about those songs which i believe it's something about those songs that just get quick into memory and I don't, I don't think this song was one that's in that songbook. I think it's a little newer <laughs> than that. But I, I woke up with this, this song in my spirit this morning. And it just hasn't left me. I'm not going to try to sing it. Don't, <laughs> don't get nervous. But it, it simply says this. It says, I need thee. I need thee. Every hour. I need thee. I believe it goes on to say, My one defense, my righteousness, O God, how I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. I don't know about you, but I need him more than I need a new pair of shoes. There's, there are some things we need in this life, food, water, shelter. Those are, those are real needs, but even more than those needs, I need Jesus. I need Him in my life. Without Him, my life would be filled with strongholds. My life would be a wreck. I'd be lost. Another song, and it's, it's funny that I, I didn't realize how it all went, but it, it came into my mind in the, in the prayer room, actually. And I was kind of humming through it in my head and then realized what the, I don't know if it's the course or later part, how it went. But this other song, it says, You are my desire. It's like, You are my desire. No one else will do. This kind of sing talking, so it doesn't count. <laughs> you are my desire. No one else will do. Nothing else can take your place. Just to feel the warmth of your embrace. The embrace of the Lord. There's nothing like it. The Lord gives us in this life, one of the greatest examples of God's love for the church is is a husband and a wife. The church is the bride of Christ. And so as husbands and wives, that's, I believe, one of the, it's the greatest example of God's love for the church. And I believe there's many men and women in here who love their wives, love their husbands. But even more than you can love your wife, you can love your husband. The Lord loves you. As warm as their embrace is, as comforting as it may be, his is better. 
greater. That song, it, it goes on to say, it says, you are my desire, no one else will do. Something about feeling the warmth of your embrace. <laughs> and then it, I, I think it's the chorus. And then I could totally, totally be blending multiple songs, but <laughs> it fit together <laughs> in my head. It goes on to say, you're all I want. It's like, you're all I want. And it says, you're all I've ever needed. You're all that I want. You're all that I ever needed. I wonder if that's true for anyone here today. Again, we can get so caught up in life with, with the things that we think that we need. You know, like I said, I, I need him more than I, for sure more than I need a new pair of shoes. And I don't need any shoes. <laughs> Way too many shoes. But sometimes we, maybe we'll have an old piece of clothing that's wearing out and think, man, I really need to go to the store and buy some new clothes. And if, if we're not careful, our idea of, of needs can cause us to diminish the true need that we have for the Lord. We need Him more than we need the next breath that we take. Without Him, we wouldn't even have life. Without Him, we wouldn't even have breath. Without Him, we wouldn't even have our being. I, I can't remember where it's at either, but Paul, I think it's maybe Ephesians. Paul, speaking to these individuals, he quoted one of their poets and he said that in him I live, I move, and I have my being. I want that to be true of me today. To have my being in the Lord. To not just have Him be a part of my life. Somebody that I run to when I need something. Which is unfortunately oftentimes what, what the relationship kind of gets diminished to. Right? If we're honest with ourselves, we need something we need help with something or we're in a dire situation and so then the Lord comes to our mind then we think of calling on him then we think well I'm out of options I've tried this that and the other now maybe I should try the Lord what if he was our what if he was our first that we reached out to. I, um, as many of you know, I recently got engaged. And the other day, um, Debbie had a situation where she was in a great situation. <laughs> Just say that. Uh, and she, so she, she called me and 
and then later we were talking about it and she said before I or she said she realized that I was the first person she thought of to call <laughs> and later she said I, I was it kind of surprised me she was like usually it would be my dad or my my parents <laughs> she said it was just kind of was cool to me that you were my first the, the person I thought to call <laughs> amen and I was like that is cool I like that too <laughs> I like that too then I made a joke I was like I, it sounds like I get to be your emergency contact <laughs> but you know we, we can I'm sure that all of us in here probably have emergency contacts and for your job you have to put it in your file for medical things and I'm sure that nobody in this room has an emergency contact of somebody unless it's something just outdated you forgot about <laughs> but nobody has an emergency contact of somebody that you're estranged from or somebody that you talk to once a month once every year on Easter <laughs> Or especially just when I need something. Because we put as our emergency contact that person that we believe when they're called is going to drop everything. And they're going to be there for us. That's why they're called an emergency contact. When I get in an emergency type of situation, I want to know that person when they get rang. That I'm now their highest priority. And that is the case with the Lord. But again, He wants to fill the place in our life of an everyday, not just emergency contact, but an everyday friend. An everyday person that I fellowship with. Another, this is another little social thing for you probably all heard the statement of about falling in love and I, I hate that statement <laughs> I hate that kind of cliche that catch catchphrase whatever whatever it's called because what that implies is that it's not something that you choose something that just kind of happens and you just I guess stumble into it which I can I get to to an extent that, that that's the case but love is love is a choice and that this is why so many marriages and relationships end after however many years together is because somebody starts deciding not to keep making that choice every day to love the person that they're married to And so the way that, especially with the Lord, the way that we grow in love, not fall in love, but the way that we grow in love is by spending time with Him. By being close with Him every day. Fellowshipping. Telling Him not just the things that I need, but telling Him, okay, Lord, these are the things that are going good. <laughs> These are the things that I'm thankful that are happening. 
and I'm thankful because you're a part of them. I'm thankful that you helped me with them. And I'm thankful that you are all that I need. If everything else in my life was, was stripped away, was taken away, all the shoes, the clothes, the house, even family. And I know people who, who that's happened to. I, I've been listening recently to, to Brother Barnes, T.W. Barnes, maybe many of you have heard of. He was a, a, a minister for a long time. Probably, I think he was probably born in like the 20s or 30s. And he, Brother Barnes, he, he had a lot of siblings. And as he was growing up, he had, I believe it was three different siblings that all passed away as he was a kid growing up. One of them, it was from a car accident. One of them, it was his like best buddy, his sister, and she died of cancer. And another one, I, I can't remember all the, the situations. And you just think, man, somebody who goes through all of that, that surely their life's just going to be a wreck. Surely they're going to turn from God and, like Job's wife said, curse God and die. But this man, Brother Barnes, went on to be so greatly used by God and, and somebody that you hear him talk about a relationship with God. And for me, it just stirs something in me of, man, I want that. I want that type of closeness and that type of relationship that trusts God regardless of the circumstance, regardless of what he takes away or, or, or what he adds to me. Again, as, as Job said, the Lord gives and he takes away. But regardless, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord because he's worthy to be praised. Amen. I'm going to keep it for my part. I'm going to turn it to Elder here in a moment. I'm going to keep it shorter today. But can we just... Can we just close our eyes, maybe lift our hands right where we are, and just talk to the Lord and tell Him, God, you truly are all that I need. I don't want it to just be a cliche statement, God, but I want it to be true in my heart, Father, that this relationship, this walk with you is all that I need. It's what I desire, a closeness with you, time spent with you, Jesus, in the secret place in a daily place of fellowship, of communion, God, walking and living in your love, walking and living in the Spirit, led by your Spirit day by day, day by day, Jesus. You are my desire, God. You are my desire. You're the air that I breathe, Jesus. Your Spirit within me is what gives me life. I thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. I'd like you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I felt the Lord quicken this passage to me as Elder Hart was speaking. I'm going to read just a couple of verses. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. Charity never 
faileth. Let me just tag on to something that Brother Hart said. Charity, we know, is love in every other context or, or uh, uh, translation that you read. Instead of charity, it says love. Love never fails. And what fails means falleth. Literally, it means falleth. Not just faileth, but falleth off or falleth away. Love doesn't just subside go away like there was love for a while and then all of a sudden no and charity that is agape that is God's love but whether there be prophecies they shall fail whether there be tongues they shall cease whether there be knowledge it shall vanish away and verse 9 tells us why some of those things. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Verse 10, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. I want to help you real fast. I don't, I'm not going to take long, but I want you to see. Verse 10 I've heard this, I've memorized this when I was a kid, I Bible quizzed over it, I quoted it many times, read it, taught from it, it's at, it's at um, weddings, it's a popular passage. But verse 10, I felt like the Lord just showed me this, this is not some kind of prophetic in the future or at the rapture or in the eternity with the Lord when that which is perfect is come. No. It is once God gets into you, into your situation, into your life. The scripture says God is love. Love never fails. You could say in verse 10, so when that which is perfect, or who's the perfect? God. When God is come... That which is in part shall be done away. There's not going to... You shouldn't go the rest of your life with partial prophecies or a little bit of knowledge, partial knowledge. Now we know in part. Now we prophesy in part. Or another word for that is fragmented. I believe the Lord would, would help us today. Because in our, in our Christian walk, where we just try to be Christian and spiritual and have enough Jesus to make it through the day, that is a, a fragmented walk with the Lord. And I only got a little, I, I don't ever want it to be my prayer, Lord, just give me enough Holy Ghost to make it through this day. Or. I'm going through a really important... I got a really important meeting in five minutes. Lord, I just need enough Holy Ghost to help that meeting go my way. Or, Lord, I'm about to sit here and, and hear these men preach and teach the Word of God. Just give me enough Holy Ghost to hear what the Lord says so we can go on about our day. Whatever context you put it in, that's a fragmented, standalone portion. 
And the scripture says you either get that or you get that which is perfect. God is love. God never fails. He doesn't fall off, fall away, or subside, or one day he's great and awesome and the next day he's not so much. That's not him. That might be me or you. That might be the person. Because, and all those things, the prophecy, the knowledge, whether there be tongues, all of those things are tied to God's operation through people. And so where he's operating through a person, sure, that might go away. Those tongues might cease. That knowledge might fade but the one who's operating through never fails, never fades away. If you will allow me, I want to read this just quickly in the Amplified Translation. Love never fails, it never fades or ends. But as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for the gift of special knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, our knowledge is fragmented and incomplete. But when that which is complete and perfect comes, that which is incomplete and partial will pass away. Some of us, we're hanging on too much to us. And that's the reason why that which is perfect is not allowed to be perfect and complete and make us whole. We wonder, what's wrong with me, Lord? How come I still am not perfect? How come I'm still not, I'm still struggling with this or dealing with that? When am I ever going to get right? When am I ever going to get good? You're going to think this is funny. It's silly. It's out of nowhere, I know. How do you, maybe you've heard this, this joke. How do you fit a, uh, what is it, three-ton elephant into a refrigerator? Anybody ever heard this joke before? One leg at a time. How do you fit a watermelon into a refrigerator? You've got to take the elephant out first. I know, what in the world does that have to do with anything? When that which is perfect comes in, that which is incomplete is done away with. You can't have your incomplete self and God's complete self vying for the same space, competing for the same function. It's either him or it's me. It's not both. I think that's not very uh, promoted in Christianity. It's have some Jesus. Have a little bit of Holy Ghost. Have a little bit of the Word of God. Have you done your 
Bible reading for today. Good, you spent those five minutes in the Word because you got 23 hours and 55 minutes of other time. So you've done your little bit that you were supposed to do today. Good job. No, not when it's perfect, not when it's complete. Now understand, don't get confused, you're not going to be perfect in this life and neither am I in the sense that you will never do anything wrong ever again. Okay? That's not what I'm striving for. I'm not trying to be the best Caleb I can be. Because I want you all to see a great Caleb. That's not going to happen. I'm trying to get all the Caleb to die so that you don't see or know anything of him. And in his place, put Jesus there. Because who would I rather have you know? Me or the Lord? Who would I rather have you think is a great guy? Me or the Lord? This is an exchange, and I don't have the time to go into it in the scripture tonight, today. But this is an exchange. And in a minute, we're going to see some baptisms. It's a prime example of seeing it in real time. For as many have, as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You put him on over you. So that when somebody sees you, they don't see you, they see him. I want to be the expression of the Lord. And, and as long as I got a little bit of me still in the picture, it's not going to work. That tiny little bit of human is going to the scripture word would be profane the Holy Ghost. There, it, 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 somebody say 100%. 100%. I'm a math person. I do accounting for a living. So I know numbers. Enough to know we want to be, if, as long as I'm 51% or 50.1%, Holy Ghost, then good. I've got more Holy Ghost than I got flesh. I'm doing more good than I'm doing bad. And on my good days, I'll be like 70%, 80% Holy Ghost. Woo! Look out, devil. No, devil's saying, I can do a whole lot with 20% flesh. <laughs> I can do a lot with 1% flesh. Look at the story of Samson. That man was as close to an angel on the earth as there could be because he was, his birth was prophesied and the instruction for his upbringing was prophesied and his parents followed the instruction. From the time he was in the womb till he was born and a child and grew up, a young man, he was exactly as he should be. But he was that in human form. And so, just through the process of time, the enemy's saying, okay, that flesh is still there. 
I know he's got the, the appearance of the covenant from the time he was born. He hasn't cut his hair. He hasn't drank wine. He hasn't been near a dead body. He hasn't done any of those things that he, he's keeping that. But if I just see one little area or avenue into his life, ooh, <laughs> this, all he did was become engaged all he did was find a woman to want to get married to. Oh, hey, hang with me. I'm pro I promise I'm not trying to take long and I'm almost done. The parents did everything right up to this point and then decided, young man, the next step is you get married, you move out of the house, you become your own family. And he says, all right, great. I want to marry that one. And they say... No. And he says, yeah. No. Yeah. No. I get the picture that that hasn't happened a whole lot up to this point in this young man's life. And mom and dad are looking at each other like, what do we do now? We, this is new. This, he always says yes to us. He always obeys us. And a little bit of humanity starts to be expressed through this man, Samson. And there you go. The devil says, oh, that's your flavor. That's your weakness. That's where the humanity gets expressed. I can work with that. And here's where I'm going with this. Samson, who we would say is one of the strongest men in the world and strongest Christian examples with 99% strength and power in the Holy Ghost and 1% flesh got led astray when that which is perfect is come. That which is imperfect shall be done away with. Why don't you stand with me? Who's the perfect one? The Lord. Who, whatever, however you want to refer to Him. The Lord is the perfect one. The scripture says there is none perfect. No, not one. They have all gone out of the way and have all together become unprofitable. Whether they were prophets, whether they were speakers in tongues, whether they were the most knowledgeable ones. They got that 1% flesh. And until it's dealt with, unprofitable. Will cease. Will fade away. The scripture says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. I didn't choose that and neither did you. God chose that with the first earthen vessel he ever made. When he made man, he made him out of the dust of the ground and said, this is the thing I will choose to put my spirit in. 
I felt the Lord, as Brother Hart was speaking, I felt the Lord say, I just want to love my people. I just want to love them. I want them to know that I am love. And I want them to experience the thing that doesn't fail. The thing that won't fall away. That is me. That's the Lord. Would you close your eyes and just let the Lord express His love to you? I know this is a little different than what we normally do. But the Lord is love. God is love. Some of us, we've been so fortunate to have loving families, loving parents and spouses around us. And others of us, we come from places where there was very little love expressed. Regardless, if you think you had the best or the worst, you haven't had any of it until you've had God's love. He loves us with a love greater than human love. He loves us with all of Himself. He is love. When that which is perfect and complete, because it's not going to fail or fall away, but it's perfect and complete, when that which is perfect has come into your life, you start to realize and learn and, and know, God, You are the one. It's your love. It's your love, Father, that never fails me. It's your love, Jesus, that never forsakes me. God, I'm not putting my trust in a man. I'm not putting my trust in an organization. I'm not putting my trust, my faith, my hope, God, in any of these things that fail and fade away. But in you, God, and in you alone, I trust the operating of your Spirit, Lord, through those vessels. I trust the word of knowledge that could be spoken through an imperfect vessel, God, or the gift of a tongue that could be spoken through an imperfect vessel. Why? Because it's you, Jesus. Because it's your voice. Because it's the expression of your Spirit and your love. Come on, would you just raise your hands to the Lord? Close your eyes and raise your hands and receive. Receive the love of God. Receive the love of God. Thank you for loving me, Jesus. Thank you for loving me, O oh God. Thank you for the expression of your love. I believe it as it says in the Bible. Greater love hath no man. You are love, Jesus. What you've done for me the ways that you've allowed me to know and see your love, God. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it, Jesus. God, it's not by accident. It's not by accident, Lord. You love each one of us. You care, God, about each one of us. You are there. You are close to every one of us, Lord. Your Spirit is all around us.
If you would just close your eyes. If you would just close your eyes. I feel the, the spirit of the Lord in this room. Come on, I'm not worried about who's here or what they're here for. It's about the Lord. It's about the Lord. The love of God. He wants to love us. He wants to share His love with us. Let us know what a perfect and complete love is. Your love never fails me, Lord. Your love never fails me, Lord. It's never turned back, Lord. I want to open this altar. I want to give you a chance to just continue to get in the presence of the Lord that's here. Would you find that place to pray? Would you find that place to pray and experience the love of God? Come on, it's all around us here in this room. It's all around us here in this room, but the Lord wants to be inside of us.
ride with a couple of men from the church uh, and it was really kind of like my brother-in-law and I indulging our friend who really 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 wanted to take us to the place where he always rode his bicycle to uh, beautiful countryside up in the hills and yes bike riding up in the hills um, but all short, I'll make this long story short. We finally get there to his, his point and a beautiful view of the hillside, mountains, and all that. And, uh, and this, this, this gentleman was, uh, he was our age, but he was younger, much younger in the Lord. And he had spent much, much of his earlier years pursuing other things than the Lord really in an effort to find the Lord and then the Lord really finally got a hold of him I say all that just so you have a background with, with this so we get to the spot and we park our bikes and he just he shows us look at this the creation the beautiful the mountains the sky the trees all that he says isn't God great brother-in-law my brother-in-law and I looked at each other and we said yeah yeah God's great I'm not making light of this beautiful scenery and then I I now I can picture that young man's face in my mind and I look at that and I look at his life and I just want to say brother look at you isn't God great you are a more beautiful expression of His love than any of this around us. He took you and He took me from the lowest of lows, a dirty place, the wrong place, 
and he cleans you and he put his spirit inside you and I'm looking at that thing that has been made perfect that's beautiful that is my great God his love inside of you close your eyes with me Lord I thank you for loving us I thank you for loving each one of us Lord Jesus and sending your spirit down to dwell in these earthen vessels God I'm thankful that we get to carry around the expression of your spirit the expression of your love God in this human form God it's not because we are anything great but it's because of your greatness it's because you are the perfect one you are the complete one Lord and I pray let that which is complete come into these lives today let it come into these lives God and do away with that which is imperfect do away with that which is incomplete God so that the Spirit of God could live inside of us in a perfected state you are perfect Lord amen amen God bless you greet one another we're going to get ready for these baptisms I encourage you all invite you all to stay around and, and participate with the velas as we do this baptism amen you can greet one another in Jesus name